0: welding instructor alex DeClaire knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills there's a big learning curve with welding virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need learn more at meta.com metaverse impact some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on carol she's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her
1: Presented by Planters, I'm Scott Pienowski, one of your co-hosts, along with Dalton Del Don. And we're going to be breaking down football. We're going to be making picks, making DFS, lineup decisions, and all sorts of good stuff. And as always, Planters taking care of us. They've been satisfying our snack cravings for over a hundred years. And Mr. Dalton Del Don, you know what satisfied me today? Fantasy playoffs. You get that little. Notification: who you're playing. Do you have a buy? Do you have a game this week? Did you move up on points? All that stuff. I think seven of my nine teams in the playoffs this year, which I feel pretty good about. And one of the teams that didn't make it had a ton of points. It's just it's a league that doesn't use that qualification. We got a little shafted on the head-to-head. But yeah, it's been a pretty good year. I'll be happier if we can pick more winners. I'm a little bit above 500 staff picks. I, th- I think you're uh, maybe six or seven games behind me. But let's try to finish strong. How you doing today, Mr. Del Don?
0: Doing all right. I uh, complained enough about my uh, bad beats behind backstage, so uh, let's uh, pick some Week 14 winners, man. Yeah, sounds good. And uh, as always, we're going to get
1: lines from BetMGM.com, our friends and our, and our partners. And if you want to get in the game over at BetMGM, you can go over to betmgmcom yahoo and get in on a twenty-five dollar bonus for new users upon your registration. There's no deposit required. You can use it immediately. You can receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with your first deposit. Again, it's betmgm.com slash yahoo. Make sure to use the promo code sportsbook, one word, S-P-O-R-T-S-B-O-O-K. When you make your first deposit, the promo is valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Tennessee, or Colorado. You must be 21 years or older. And terms do apply. So let's give you give you some winners. I got my uh, my Hartford Wellers hat on. It's a W for winners. We want. We were like Michael Singletary here, Dalton. We want winners. We want people who want to win. Thursday night game looks pretty good. The Rams and the Patriots, a rematch of Super Bowl fifty two. The home Rams are five and a half point favorites. Patriots, of course, stayed in Los Angeles after dismantling the Chargers. Five and a half point spread there. Forty four point five. Over under, two of the best coaches in football. I'm
0: really looking forward to this game. What do you make of it? This is a tough one for me. Uh, the Rams. Um, I did. I took the Rams here, but I hate going against Belichick. Do not feel strongly about it. New England has just two road wins. Rams just one home loss. But as you mentioned, it they're staying in L.A. Obviously, the coaching will be there. Coming off just such a dominant performance, uh, New England. Um, I'd like to see Cam Newton if he has to play from behind and actually have to throw the ball against this defense that's allowing the fewest yards per play in the NFL. I think the Rams can win this game defensively, but I again I do not never feel good betting against Belichick.
1: I never feel good at betting against Belichick either, and it's funny. I had a prop on New England's win loss total for the season, which I thought was in the bag. I thought I could you know borrow off that money. And now I'm getting a little bit nervous that they actually, you know, I'm going to end up with a push or a loss the way the Patriots are playing. I kind of need them to lose this game to the Rams. Never like betting against Belichick, but I don't like betting against Sean McVay either. The Rams are at home. I think there's three defenses right now that move the needle for me in Mm -hmm. football, the Steelers, the Saints, and the Rams. I agree. You could argue the Rams have that, but they have Aaron Donald, who's probably the best interior lineman in the league. And they have Jalen Ramsey, who's right up there with the best cover corners. And what really makes Ramsey good is that the other guys they have in the secondary are good. Because if you just have one guy, it's not enough. They'll just pick on the other people. But, you know, he's supported by the other people on that team. Cam Newton has more wins than touchdown passes. Is that a sustainable business model? He's won back-to-back games with fewer than 100 passing yards. I realize they pulled him early in that game against the Chargers, and they could deflate the ball halfway through. I I don't mean that as a joke, but, I mean, that game was over so quickly they didn't need to throw it. But I don't think Cam can throw the ball downfield right now, and I think the Rams are going to have a good game plan. I I think they'll see the limitations of Newton and will apply it to their game plan. And remember, the Patriots only have 18 sacks, and the whole story with Goff has been when he's – comfortable in the po- I know nobody likes to be hit but I feel like golf is especially sensitive that if you have a pass rush that you, you get out of his feet and he's almost like a league negative quarterback but when he's protected I feel like he's maybe a top 10 quarterback the Patriots don't generally
0: get to the pocket much so I get to take the Rams in this game yeah I'm with you on the big three defenses right now with the Bucks and Colts falling off a bit um Cooper Cup could could exploit the slot. Uh, the Patriots are a little bit more vulnerable there. Damian Harris looks awesome, um, but um, I just really like to see Newton have to play from behind here and, and throw the ball against this you know, really good defense. It's going to be a should be a good chess match between two of the game's best best coaches. So I'm looking forward to it. But we'll take the Rams in one of my least favorite uh, bets of the week, though.
1: And I guess you could always you know with that five and a half number that always screams out teaser. You know maybe you could do a, a six point or a money line teaser with something later in the week. So keep that well in mind. Let's get to the Sunday slate, Tennessee off that no show. I know they put up some cosmetic points late, but man, did they play very poorly against the Browns. Now they're at Jacksonville who they've been a losing and covering machine of late, a lot of close games. They took Minnesota in overtime, but still can't get the win. So they're, they're just one game out of, of pole position for Trevor Lawrence. The road Titans are spotting seven in this game over at bed MGM. And the total's pretty high 52 and a half.
0: What are you doing with Titans Jags? <coughs> All right, I took I took the points here. I like it better at seven and a half, but MGM's showing seven. Um, Tennessee uh, has just actually quietly been getting annihilated uh, to by opposing fantasy QBs. Obviously, not so quiet after Baker Mayfield, but I like Mike Glennon. I'll get to you later as like a cheap DFS option this week, and he's proved competent enough to move the football. The defense, I keep waiting for them to collapse with everyone going on the IR, but they oh, they were competitive last week, so I'm going to take the home points here. Yeah,
1: I could only take the points. Um, Jacksonville has surprisingly been competent on offense with Mike Glennon, um, which I didn't expect. I'm a little bit frustrated because I could use Minshew to come back mm-hmm. at some point. Uh, you know, Super League, where I didn't have a quarterback until Hertz was promoted this week. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting for Fitzpatrick or Minshew, or one of those guys, to, to get the job. It's a 20-team mm-hmm. league, where if you don't have a quarterback, you because know, I got beat to the punch for, uh, for Glennon from you. and. Gunn has been okay. You know, they have decent skill talent. James Robinson has been one of the most important players of the fantasy season. They spread the ball out a lot with their receivers. But, you know, Colin Johnson's looked good the last two weeks. They do have Chark back. We finally saw Chenault do a little bit last week. So I feel like the Jaguars can get their 20 points. It's just going to be a case of how many points can the Titans score. I could only take the seven in this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see a big bounce back performance. Obviously, Derek Henry going crazy, but Titans do not have a good enough defense to be laying this many points on the road. Although, I guess I'm going to still say that. What are your thoughts on like the road being the, I know that the, the numbers have been out there that the road team, they might even have a winning record, but without the crowd, it really has affected it. But in my mind, I'm still, I still say the home road thing. I mean, with the travel, mm. I'm still not totally there to completely ignore it, it might i might be wrong on that how are you treating it well plus the underdogs are just dominating this is
1: and that's what breaks my heart is i'm such an underdog driven player my whole idea i believe in two things in fantasy and, and i'm sorry in handicapping one is that you have to be underdog driven if you don't have a good reason to take the favorite yeah. and the other thing is just and we'll get to a great example of it later on the card is just zigzag theory you know a team that just hit the top of its range a team that just hit yeah. the bottom of its range totally. i like to go the other way in the next week Because teams don't, they're not, there's not a consistency. I mean, every once in a while, you'll see a team that plays really well every week or plays about the same level every week. But for the most part, there's wild fluctuations. And point spreads tend to get adjusted by what we just saw, especially if it's a significant outcome. So those are the two things I generally bank on. I don't know what to do with home field. I've been kind of telling my internal self, get back in the lab and, and try to figure out maybe at the end of the year what to do with it. No fans, you know, I think it might hurt a team like Seattle, although they've only lost that one game at home. But you know, you don't have the, the 12th man. Baltimore generally is a great home team. Some other teams don't have as much of a home field advantage. Denver's home field has always been partly because of the atmosphere. Right. That hasn't gone away. So I I'm, I'm really don't have a great answer for you. That's something I'm trying to work through. I don't know what to do with home field anymore. I, I will say this. It used to be two teams even. The point spread was a standard three. I don't go there anymore. Uh, two teams are even. I think I think Ah, uh, maybe it's a two, maybe it's a two
0: and a half. I'm certainly not treating it as three points anymore. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I've mentally probably overrated it a little bit too much. Um, and then by the time we do properly adjust, then, of course, we'll go. Hopefully we go back to the, the norm next year. But but yeah, it's been wild this year with the, the, the home road just not mattering whatsoever and the, and the dogs coming in huge. So
1: as we get to the Arizona-New York game, I'm not sure what the status is of this being on the board. I don't see a total posted. I do see the home Giants being two-and-a-half-point underdogs. And I could only go the Giants in this game. They've won four in a row after that one-and-seven start. They, they, I've said this several times. They are last year's Dolphins, where halfway through the year, You know they're competitive, but they weren't beating anybody. And then they started to actually get some confidence buy into what's going on. The defense gelled a little bit. And then you know, last year, Miami was really pesky down. I think they went seven and two against the, the spread their last nine games. They obviously knocked out New England out of the buy in week 17. And the Giants remind me so much of that Dolphins team, except that they're in such a weak division right now. They're probably the favorites to win that division. I could only take the Giants here. Murray sure looks hurt with that shoulder. And it's, it's not just affecting him as a passer. He doesn't seem like he wants to run the ball. And that was really what was sparking their offense is the fact that he's so dynamic in the running game. We don't know yet what the Giants will have a quarterback, but I don't care. I love the way their defense is playing. I don't trust the Cardinals. If not for the Hale Murray, they'd have a five-game losing streak right now. How can, how can anybody take the Cardinals here? This is one of the easiest picks. I'm not saying the Giants are, it's like I'd I'd put my
0: house on it or anything, but I could never take the Cardinals here. I knew immediately I'd be on the Giants. Same here. I locked in the Giants right away, even though this is against your zigzag theory, which I usually go along with. I mean, the Arizona's lost three in a row. Giants not only four in a row, four wins in a row, but coming off a big upset in Seattle. But still, you're right. Like, how could you take Arizona with the way Kyler Murray's been playing? I, I, it's unclear how great of a coach, certainly in-game coach, Cliff Kingsbury is. James Bradbury on Hopkins is just limiting him to the left side of the field these days. So yeah, with Murray no longer running, I don't know how badly damaged his shoulder is, um, and the Giants playing so much better and their coach clearly has them ready even getting points at home a west coast team traveling all the way to new york so yeah this was one of the easier ones to for me this week it's the giants i think it
1: hurts the cardinals too that they don't have a major second threat in the downfield passing game if it's not hawkins kirk i feel like has been a uh, just a perennial disappointment Fitzgerald is back after missing two games with COVID, but he was doing almost nothing before the injury or before the, the COVID status. I mean, I hope Ellery Fitzgerald's okay. He's a Hall of Famer, but he's obviously a limited player at this time of his career. They can't seem to understand what to do with Isabella. And, and I know he's not a perfect player. I mean, some people talk about his route running is a little sloppy, he catches with his body, not with his hands. But Whatever they took him in the second round, they took him ahead yeah. of some really good receivers, yes. and I'm sure they regret that now. You know, Arnold flashed as a tight end last week, but I, I don't know if you can bank on that again every week. I'm, I'm waiting for Evans to play more, but they they seem to want Ken, Kenyon Drake to be the guy. They both were about even in efficiency last week. I just feel like this offense is missing something, and. If
0: Murray's not going to be a dynamic runner, I'm just not confident they're going to sustain offense. Simmons hasn't made an impact. Their first rounder this year. Um, they lost Chandler Jones. That was an underrated Big loss. Yeah, they, they might have sure. just swung and missed with the Isabella pick in round two with the other receivers there. So yeah, this team is um, was interesting early. And I will say, if San Gonzalez made some kicks, they might have three more wins on the board and we'd be talking about them differently. But their their performance is, is headed in the wrong direction, and I think it might have everything to do with Murray's health um, or just you know maybe more game. Film. But um, either way, I, I, like the, I like the Giants. Uh, it's funny, we haven't even mentioned Danny Dimes or Colt McCoy. I guess it probably doesn't even matter that much. Their running game was pretty impressive last week. Wayne Gallman, one of those just classic, you know, average talents
1: has been asked to handle the workload. Yeah. When, when they signed Devonta Freeman, I openly opined, well, what's wrong with Gallman? Is really Freeman anything better than Gallman? Gallman's been a lot better than I expected. I wish he was on every one of my teams, but... Every week he's getting volume. The last week was the first game. I think in six games, he didn't score a touchdown. And he went well over a hundred yards. I don't know where those Alfred Morris touchdowns came from, but I feel like Gallman, if you have Gallman in fantasy, you can stop asking a start set, just play Wayne Gallman, in, unless you're loaded at the position. And, you know, if that's the case, you don't need our help, but yeah, all in on the giants here. And it's not that I know judge is a good coach, but I'm feeling pretty confident at this point. Maybe Kingsbury is a good X's and O's guy, but I cannot stand him as a game theory
0: in game coach. Yeah, no, it's weird. If you look at the route running tree of Hopkins the last month, it's all limited to short left side stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's just bizarre. And yeah, and he makes a lot of poor decisions on fourth and short kicks and stuff. So yeah, he, he's definitely up in the air of how great of a coach he is. Yeah, and that's that route tree stuff is, you don't have to crunch film for that anymore. You can just hit a click on
1: next-gen stats, and they have a graph for you, you know? I mean, the Giants are going to know that. And they have, of course, as you said with Bradbury, one of the best cover corners in the league. So we both like the Giants... In that game, uh, Chicago famously passed on Deshaun Watson a few years ago. They took Mitch Trubisky, and now they'll get the Salvat that, settle it on the field. The Texans, surprising to me anyway, a one-and-a-half-point favorite at Soldier Field. The total is low, 44-and-a-half. That actually surprises me, too. I think the Bears yeah, should I be agree. favored here, maybe by a point-and-a-half. I think
0: the total should be a little bit higher. What are you doing with Texans Bears? I agree with you on both, especially the total here. And I normally don't even quibble with that, but it did seem abnormally low uh, just with the way these teams. Houston has no no defense whatsoever, and they can move the ball against anyone, it seems like. Although, uh, yeah, I think Brandon Cooks should be uh, fine. He was checked for a concussion. Obviously, the loss of Fuller I was worried about, but Kiki Kuti just looked really good stepping in there in another Another mark on uh, Bill O'Brien. You know, why did he bury him? Uh, Anyway, I'm going with the Bears here. Six straight losses, but they faced that dead cat bounce last week against uh, the Lions. Much better defense. No fuller and a a really bad defense in Houston. Um, So give me the Bears as home home dogs, as you said, which is surprising. David Montgomery just had the two best
1: PPR games of his career, and now he gets a loaded schedule. When I crunched the strength of schedule a week ago and Yahoo, you can go read that if you want to. The Bears had one of the best ending kicks, and Houston is certainly a good matchup. And the thing with Trubisky, it's not that I think he's necessarily good, but their offense was so limited with falls because he's got no mobility and he doesn't have the strongest arm. And I feel like the playbook was just slashed, and you were so easy to defend when he was on the field. At least Trubisky the last two weeks, I know a lot of it was in garbage time against Green Bay, but he's getting Robinson the ball. We just saw two really good Montgomery games. Cole Komet is finally starting to push Jimmy Graham out of the way, and the offense is better for it. You're getting Anthony Miller's getting involved. He's getting like five or six targets every game, which I think is a good thing. I don't – it's not that I love the Bears' offense, but I think there are pieces here. This is not like one of those teams where you look at – sometimes you'll see a team that can't move the ball, and you're like, well, they have no talent. I don't think that's the problem with the Bears. I think they actually do have talent – and in the case of Trubisky, at least he's a step up from Foles at this point. I, maybe I'm damning him with faint praise, but I don't feel like the
0: Chicago offense is as hopeless as it was maybe a month ago. Yeah, I thought Foles was going to be a decent upgrade over Trubisky, and he somehow was a downgrade because, um, yeah, it's pretty undeniable now that Trubisky is uh, is better. Um, David Montgomery at least for fantasy terms. Uh, David Montgomery uh, not, got to face the league's worst uh, fantasy D against running backs last week in the Lions, and now he gets the second worst, the Houston. So such a nice setup there. And if you're in deeper leagues, Cole Komet has quietly replaced Jimmy Graham as a tight end there. But yeah, David Montgomery, I'd totally written off, but the schedule, and he's probably played better than expected too. But yeah, he's, I think he's been the number one fantasy PPR back the last two weeks. As we start to see more premium tight end leagues become... They're certainly not
1: mainstream, but they're getting some some upswell in recent years. The Fish is the tight end premium. I was thrilled to get Comet with a zero bid. Now, I'm, I'm not bidding against everybody because a lot of teams are eliminated, but I'm going to play him this week because they get the. I think it's, I forget exactly how the scoring works, but it, it's exaggerated for the tight end. So any any like top fifteen, top eighteen tight end, even in this terrible tight end year becomes interesting Uh,
0: speaking of which jordan akins i'm not totally giving up on they line him up in the slot i know it's been ugly but chicago houston can't run against anyone they might as well not even try at all in this bears game so they're gonna have to throw it a ton because they're gonna give up points as well so you know guys like qt and and um and hansen and and akins i mean if you're if you're looking really deep here expect watson to throw the ball a lot and he can move the ball against anyone
1: yeah anybody i was shocked that qt wasn't more aggressively added last week just because the any anybody working with Deshaun Watson looks pretty interesting to me. I'm still going to take the Bears in this game, but I think a lot of points. I think I'm actually, I'm not a huge total guy. That's a game I feel very confident is going to go over the total. Let's go to a game I'm not confident in. Minnesota Vikings at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I feel like these are two variance teams that you see them on the right week. Minnesota looks like a playoff team. At one point, I thought Tampa Bay was like right there with New Orleans to win that division. That's not going to happen, obviously. Brady... Every time he wants to throw deep, it, j- it just makes my eyes hurt. You know, there's a couple of weeks ago where like four or five different post routes were wide open, and he can't hit any of those guys. I think adding Antonio Brown was a mistake. I, I wonder why. How come Minnesota couldn't beat the Falcons? How come they couldn't beat the Cowboys? Uh, you know, Cousins looks terrible for like a quarter at a time, but then you see him click with Thielen and Jefferson, and, and you know they have Dalvin Cook. You think, oh, this offense has a lot of pieces. Let's get to the spread. It's six and a half points for the favorite Buccaneers at home. Total, as you would expect, 51 and a half. I can't figure
0: these teams out. I don't see consistency here. What do you do with the Vikings and Bucks? I'm siding with the Vikings here. Um, I feel like they may mostly play down to their competition, but they're such a weird team, and maybe they'll just disappear. And, and admittedly, Tampa Bay's coming off a late bye, whereas Minnesota just played a, a late overtime game, So certain they have to travel. So certainly not a great setup. But I've, I think Cousins, with the two receivers, that's how you beat Tampa Bay. Their, their secondary is really been exposed the last month it would look even worse if Daniel Jones didn't miss a couple wide open guys on that Monday night game so I think Cousins is going to hit Jefferson and Thielen and they're a live dog I would stay away from Tampa in any teaser or survivor format but having said that I also wouldn't be surprised given the setup that they blow out this dome team at home but to me um, I- I'm taking the points here and absolutely think Minnesota is a live dog
1: yeah, I think Minnesota's got maybe 40%, 45% chance to win this game, but it's also within the range of outcomes that the Buccaneers could blow them out. You make a key point. I was in on Tampa Bay's defense a month ago. I'm not now. I don't think it's anything to worry about. And w- with Jefferson being – I Thielen's a great player. I've always been in on Thielen. We know Dalvin Cook's good. Justin Jefferson's going to be historically good. Very we real. always see that. I, I feel sorry for the Eagles fans who are going to have to live with the fact that maybe Jalen Rager will be good someday. I mean, he was a guy who didn't have a lot of help at TCU and the scouting reports were always, well, he played with lousy teammates, but look, he, you know, he's explosive. He tested well and stuff like that. And then they had Justin Jefferson who had good teammates and uh, you know, what do you have like 1500 yards or something? I mean, 109 catches or something like that. I think he had 18 touchdowns and the SEC is the best conference in, in college football. I, I don't know for all, for all the things, for all the different nuanced things we look for when we evaluate players, when somebody is dynamic and productive in the highest level of competition, I think that should count for anything else, over anything else.
0: Yeah, if you see the clip making the rounds that GM Rick Spielman was had made an uh, actual laugh, uh, showed him laughing when uh, Philly took Jalen Rager. And he said, okay, Jefferson, go right now, before we run, don't walk, to put that in. Um, wow. Pretty funny in hindsight. I um, Jefferson... So I was off him a little in fantasy this here because once I heard he played 99% of his snaps in the slot, and that's where Thielen plays. I'm like, oh, that might be a slow you know, uh, a progression there for a rookie receiver. But boy, that hasn't mattered at all. Talk about passing the eye test. Yeah, he's going to be the real deal. How high are we taking him next year? I, I mean, I can't imagine him uh, dropping out of round two. I mean, right? I mean, that's not super aggressive, right? He's that good, yeah?
1: He's that good. Full disclosure, when the early scuttlebutt was that Minnesota was going to take him because I ease him into the season and they were playing Obelisi Johnson over him to start the year. I'm like, I thought Jefferson was a guy you couldn't draft proactively because there might be too much ramp up time needed. So I, I don't think I have him anywhere. So I, you know, I can bag on the Eagles all I want for taking Rager over him. But I mean, you know, we're, I can't show you my Jefferson success that I'm getting from it, nor you think, Oh, well maybe I played him a bunch of DFS. Not, not really, <laughs> you know, but still I, so I feel stupid. I feel dumb for, not having some of this, but I mean, look, there's evidence now I, what he's done. There's the Bill James theory of signature significance that you don't need a large sample is something is done to a very high magnitude. And I think there's signature significance that you can't post the numbers Jefferson is posting without being just like a once a decade
0: type of player. Yeah, leading league in yards per route run, and that defense is regressing, too. So I, I like the setup there moving forward, um, obviously. And Dalvin Cook, by the way, what if he gets hurt next year, you know? I mean, it could just lead a ton of more targets. So the setup there is, is, is very bright if you have Justin Jefferson in Dynasty. If you had to play a Tampa Bay receiver, who would you be most comfortable with? Oh man, I hate the question. Um, I guess Godwin. You don't love the getting pins removed, but um, I guess Godwin. Um, I don't feel great about well, rather than removed, all. they'd be put in. At least he's getting them out. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, um, I, that's that's my answer. But I don't feel strongly at all. You?
1: Yeah, I would side to Evans because he's getting the he's commanding zone. the ball when they're yeah. close to the goal line. So yeah. I feel like he's almost like a tight end. Of course, Gronkowski. And to talk about taking losses on things, I thought Rod Gronkowski was a sucker pick. And for a few weeks, I felt kind of validated on that. He's He's been really good. He's one of the things. Tampa Bay, I feel like, is not a consistent team. It's been really difficult to try to figure out the Ronald Jones matrix. I'm not a big fan of Bruce Arians, but Gronkowski's been great. He, I mean, not nobody's near Kelsey, of course. and But, I mean, he's good enough that you could play him every week and probably be satisfied
0: with what he's doing. And the list of tight ends you can say that about is is extremely small. No doubt I got Gronk wrong as well. The other question is, what do you do with Antonio Brown? I, my home league's 14 teams, and Inch. I might be forced to use him this week, but that's ugly, right? I mean, the targets were there coming out of a bye. They live together. I'm just talking myself into it, right? That's a pretty bad start. That's, I would that's a thin start. Of Anto- a thin I would start. talk yourself out of
1: Antonio yeah. Brown. That's what yeah. I would do. Fair. Uh, let's talk ourselves into the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and Dolphins. And, you know, as much as I love Kansas City, Frank Schwab and I have been – we were kind of early adopters to the – wait a minute, Mahomes is a, like a giveaway MVP. Let's take it. Last few weeks, the Chiefs are moving the ball really easily, but settling for way too many field goals. Uh, Denver, who has a good red zone defense, if that even is, is something you care about, uh, they kept that game competitive. So the Chiefs are just kind of toying with teams right now, but not covering after being a covering machine for about a, a full calendar year. they're seven-point favorites on the road at, Can- at, at uh, Miami, at the uh, Brian Flores coach Miami Dolphins. They look headed for the playoffs. Seven-point spread, 49-and-a-half, over-under. What do you do with the Chiefs, Dolphins?
0: Uh, it's, it's not going to come across shrewdly, but I just think it's as simple as one of these games is going to catch up to Tua. And if they insist on starting Tua, I think it might be this week. And I think the, the Chiefs are going to roll, and I'm, I'm willing to lay the wood here. I don't know what to think with Tua. I think they're right to play him because their goal has to be,
1: how do we build a championship team? And is Tua Tagliolovola part of that? I mean, they have to find out. If, they wanted, if the goal was just to make the playoffs and lose in the first round, maybe maybe win a playoff game, the, the play would be Fitzpatrick. For my fantasy, personal, selfish interests, I would like to see Fitzpatrick in there. But if I was running the Dolphins, I feel like you have to play Tua because you need to evaluate and develop and find out as soon as you can. If he's not the guy, You, you know, if, he, if he's a Josh Rosen type, I, I know he's playing much better than Rosen did, but I thought he was horrible for a half at Cincinnati. He played well in the second half, but I haven't seen – he doesn't look to me like – I haven't seen special plays from him. I, I feel like he's being managed. I, I'm not totally sold on his arm strength. And when you look at Alabama, right, Rugs, Judy, look at the talent they still have. You know, Mac Jones and his receivers are putting up monster numbers. They have such a conveyor belt of talent there. Is it possible that maybe Tua was just a good but not great player and he was propped up by the fact – I, I know this is like the classic football debate that it's so hard to know who to give – credit to. And there's always going to be somebody who will say, well, Jerry Rice wasn't that good. He played with Bill Walsh and Montana and young and all that. It's, it's hard. Or people will say, Oh, you know, what Brady did, wasn't that great. He had Belichick the whole time. And, it's really difficult to know how much credit
0: goes to everybody. But I think it's. I'm open to the possibility that Tua is nothing special. His numbers are like video game-like. I think the best touchdown to INT ratio. But you're right. Obviously, all, all just uh, star athletes on their team. And also, here's the other thing. Maybe that hip injury, we don't know how much that has affected him too. So uh, obviously, so much more time to, to, to figure out Tua. And I will say this. Uh, I didn't see it at the time, but he had a, lo- a really nice deep throw last week that was just dropped. It would have added maybe 60, 80 yards to his stat line. Um, and It's funny that uh, I took over the Q&A for you uh, for the Yahoo Fantasy handle on Sunday morning. I got a lot of Clyde Edwards Hilaire questions, and I used them on my own team if it's any satisfaction to anyone. Cost me a lot of money, but, oh, I recommended starting him. Sure, I thought it was going to be his week. You know, Denver kind of secretly is like a run funnel defense, and those touchdowns got to regress his way, too, to be active and not even see the field in a standalone primetime game leading up to the fantasy playoffs. How frustrating. I I apologize to everyone I said start CEH. What a nightmare. Thank you so much for doing that.
1: I had a late thing come up, and uh, you were I've been meaning to email you or, or text you about that. So thank you so much for coming through. And I'm sure you gave out a lot of good advice. It's hard when there's an injury status guy, late game, it's hard to know what to do. And isn't it funny, as great as Mahomes is, and, and Hill and Kelsey are, have been monsters, they don't
0: have another player right now in that offense you can play with any confidence. That, that is true. I mean, yes, Sammy Walker. Yeah, no, totally. And Le'Veon Bell did did not. It does not look. He No matter how good that offense is, he looks. Too, I mean, he might fall into the end zone here or there or whatever, but he does not look at all like anything. Darrell Williams comes in on just the passing downs. It's so frustrating. CEH, I don't know why make him active if you're not going to play him a snap, man. All those roster spots seem valuable, so incredibly frustrating and you're right yeah it's weird that mahomes is putting up such crazy numbers and yet we're only really talking about two other bankable players each week a boy are they bankable though Wow, boy, are man. they ban- yeah I- i'm
1: dreading all the people who are going to throw hill kelsey or mahomes at me in the fantasy playoffs i am taking miami in this game but it won't be one of the things i bet on i don't, I don't feel it with any confidence um just really not sure what to do in that game let's go to the colts at the vegas raiders oh, man raiders played terrible against atlanta and they probably should have Lost to the Jets, except the Jets you know, called about the two worst defenses you could call on back-to-back snaps. Carr had a wide-open Aguilar and missed him, and then he had a wide-open uh, Rugs and did not miss him. The Colts are favorite on the road, two-and-a-half-point choice at Vegas at the, the new stadium. The total is
0: 51-and-a-half. What are you doing, Colts Raiders? I'm laying Colts. I'm sticking to my theme, fading the Raiders. I mean, they were outplayed by the Jets last week. Um, They've not played well at home this season at all. They've actually really, they've been lit up on defense on that turf, allowing like 6.1 yards per play, which would be among the league leaders all year. Um, So yeah, I think the Colts, I don't love the fact that they, um, they, they're coming off a win too, but um, I just think they're the better team. This feels like a sucker side, less than three points with a way better defense, but with Buckner back. Um, so, what are you doing with this one? Took the Raiders, and I hate it.
1: I feel like I'm, I'm always a beat late on the Raiders. When they were good, I didn't believe in them. When I regrettably started to believe in them, they started to play poorly again. Derek Carr, I feel like he's just good enough to lose with. I, I like that he's competitive. I like that he's smart. I think he makes good decisions. Maybe he's just a, an average physical talent, you know, vis a vis the other quarterbacks. I mean, he'd look great in my backyard or, you know, on Joey Galloway's touch football team or whatever, but. I'm not a Gruden fan. Again, I was willing to take the loss on Gruden not that long ago. Now I'm thinking maybe the Raiders just aren't that good. What I try to remember when a team is an underdog at home by two and a half is that in the old school with a three-point – with home field being worth about three, that would mean that they'd be like an eight- or nine-point underdog at Indianapolis. I don't think there's that much difference between the teams. No, that's fair. That seems like a
0: lot. When you frame it that way, that's interesting. That does seem like a lot for sure. So I – I just reflexively took the home dog. This is
1: not going to be one of my one of my five darts for the week. Uh, you know, if I was in the super contact with you and Liz, I wouldn't I wouldn't punch that one either. But I did reflexively go with the Raiders. Just another game I'm, I'm struggling with. The Jets—they've been plucky lately. You know, they gave the Patriots a, a game on Monday night. They probably should have won last week. But flagged the last couple of snaps. At least they're moving the ball. I, I cut Jamison Crowder just in time for him to have two touchdowns, including one game where James Co started him against me after I'd cut him two days earlier. So uh, way to go, Co. Uh, way to not go, P and uh, The Seahawks who can't seem to get out of their way right now. Russell Wilson looks like he's pressing, taking a lot of sacks, turning the ball over. Uh, he just hasn't looked like the same guy lately. Seattle at home is a 13 point favorite. The total is 45 and a half. Sometimes these big spreads can be difficult to handicap.
0: What do you make of the jets and Seahawks and Crowder could be extra sneaky this week against the Seattle, Seattle defense that's been annihilated against wide receivers and Mims might miss this week too. a uh, bad, uh, unlucky turn of events for you. Um, I, I took the points, though, just because Seattle has been playing not nearly as well. I feel like they're going to turn to Chris Carson this game, who's healthier. You already hear the quotes coming out from Pete Carroll. Um, their defense, maybe though, defense will get better with Dunlap getting healthier. Um, but that's a lot of points for a team that uh, doesn't have the worst defense, the Jets. Uh, coaching's awful and all that, but um, it's a, too many points. I took them. Yeah, I don't even... Just <laughs> to show you how, how much I don't care about this game. I, I don't even remember how I took in staff picks. Yeah, I
1: think I think I took the Jets... But I'm, I'm, but I'm with you sure. don't we
0: hate these 13 14 point spreads man I just they're they're the, they're the toughest ones so but you and I feel the same on that it feels like yeah it's it's not
1: I like to bet on team where I feel like their interest in the full game will be aligned with what I want and this could easily be a game where the Seahawks are covering easily and then they unplug the offense they they just want to you know run Hyde run Carson um I, I don't Wilson man I need Wilson in the fantasy playoffs and even though the Jets are a great matchup I'm just worried Wilson's going to throw 28 passes. He might complete 22 of them. I, I, the key with Wilson this week for him to make value is he's going to have to get the touchdowns. If the touchdowns yeah. come on the ground, he could have two
0: four. He could be like 23 or 28 for 245 and a touchdown. That could be Wilson's line. Uh, yeah no it's absolutely within his uh absolutely his range of outcomes and ty johnson's an interesting guy for looking for cheap dfs if frank gore's ruled out but who knows maybe he'll immediately come back and be the uh the starter there but ty johnson was impressive in in relief last week um yeah i just don't really like betting on will there be a backdoor cover or not you know yeah you're betting on garbage time in that
1: case so so often and it's funny. I not here. Some people say like, Oh, well they could score a late garbage time touchdown. Yeah. Anybody could. So could the other team could score a late garbage time touchdown too, like on defense or something, or, you know, last week, Aaron Jones had the long touchdown run. Yes. To, it looked like the Packers weren't going to cover. Although right. Philly was the wrong side for so long. I can't complain about that. Let's get to that Packers team. Aaron Rodgers making an MVP push. I, I think I'm going to hedge my Mahomes action a little bit. When I get a chance, I'll get over to Bet MGM and, uh, and see what the, the odds are. Cause I thought they were pretty good on Rogers and, it seems like maybe they're gunning for him to do it. We get a lot of short touchdowns lately. We know he's a great connection with Devontae Adams. He's been totally unfair this year. a shame we didn't see a full season from Adams because he might have broken records. Yeah. The Packers go to Detroit fresh off their victory uh, with their new coach. The Packers are seven and a half point favorites over the Lions. Juicy total of 55
0: and a half. What are you going to do with this one? I know sometimes when divisional teams meet a second time, the scoring's lower, but man, this sets up to be a real high scoring game. Packers have... Uh, Allowed a lot of yards per play on the road this season. Stafford, first game without Patricia, got 9.6 YPA, three TDs last week in Chicago. I know it wasn't a great start, but, but their their pace picked up. So maybe that's a thing, you know, if it's a coaching change there. Um, so I I, I I stuck with the, the Lions here and took the points. But man, the Packers have been so impressive. And Rodgers seemingly has all day back there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did work. I mean, they've certainly exceeded my expectations all year long. I took the Lions too, but it's
1: no fun to bet against Aaron Rodgers when he's in a good groove, which he is right now. And they're getting healthy. They have Lazard back. They have a tight end of note. Every once in a while, MVS makes a play. You can never call when it's going to happen. And, and Adams, Adams is so good. Adams is open when he's not open. He's so treacherous. He's just so unbelievable in the back shoulder play. I don't know how you defend this guy. And obviously he gets peppered. He is the the one thing you love with a Inside receiver? The five. Like you never see it with AJ Brown, right? But with Adams, he's going to be peppered, and he's going to be peppered in the end zone, yeah. in the goal line, in the red zone. You you can you can project him. You're doing fearless forecast, and you get Devonte Adams. You have to give him at least one touchdown. You, to. you could give him multiple touchdowns.
0: No, it's funny. You're right. No, he's, he's so money in the bank. And Aaron Jones this week, especially with McCaffrey banged up, I moved him to my number one running back. I know he doesn't get all the snap share like the others, but the Lions have been by far the worst fantasy D for running backs. So uh, I like Aaron Jones. I mean, could you jam both uh, Aaron Jones and Adams in your DFS lineup? I don't know, because this, this game right here should be fun. I think with Stafford, uh, could do some work coming back, too. So uh, maybe even... Uh, you can't really get too uh, too DFS cheap with Cephas or Sanu. Um, I don't have too much confidence in Kenny G coming back, but um, Swift too. Those are guys that would uh, certainly help them if they get full strength Lions. Yeah, this over under could approach sixty points. Yeah, one of my teams that missed the playoffs it's because I've been waiting
1: every week for Mixon and Galladay to come back, and I'm just wondering if maybe that's just not going to happen. Marvin Jones quietly, I think he has five touchdowns. Oh yeah, start him in his last six games, oh, yeah. and I like that they threw the ball downfield. They were, yes. and you might think, well, what, wait a minute. I mean, they didn't change coordinators. Bevel was already there, but maybe the directive was to be more conservative on offense. They let it rip last
0: week. Like last so year. I they s- went back to last year. That's what they were doing. That's why I drafted all these guys. You're right. That's a better point than my the pace. They started throwing the ball way more downfield, right? Hopefully that continues. Yeah, so I, I took
1: the Lions, but um, you know it's terrifying to be against Rodgers. Again, I hope, I hope, I try not to play to my opponent too much in fantasy playoffs. I just try to put my best team out there. But I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to check my score like halfway through the day and be like, oh, why am I 40 points points behind yeah. this guy? Oh, because he is Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and they've hooked up three times or something. So I'm worried about that. And Hawkinson uh, zigzag quietly. Zigzag Hawkinson,
0: big... top three tight end right behind Kelsey and Waller. Is he like the oh, the next most trustworthy tight end quietly, Hawkinson?
1: A great player. I feel like a guy I feel like I got right as an analyst and wrong as a player because I told everybody else to draft him, and I didn't get much of him myself yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Tyler Higby. <laughs> oh God. I, I don't know. I blew that one. Cause I thought that was a pretty obvious blossoming year coming. And it's, he's done, I think what a lot of people expected. So it's no
0: fun to be sitting that one out. It's odd to see 50, fifty targets in the last month, though. Man, Higby—that was a signature performance. That's bizarre to see what's happened, man. It wasn't just some fluke touchdowns. It was he had more targets in the past month than Jared Cook had almost all season, or something. I mean, it's uh, yeah, I, it's weird. The Rams—Rams—are a weird team that really change game plans year to year and week to week.
1: Yeah, there are, there are sixteen weeks, sixteen yeah. game plans. Yep. That's the way they
0: operate. You know,
1: some weeks you'll be like, "Oh my God, they want Cup to catch fifteen passes." Other weeks you'll think, "Is Cup on the field? Did I miss something? Did he did he?" hurt his ankle or something. It can be difficult to figure that out. We talked earlier about zigzag theory, and here's a great example of it. And just a, a game I immediately knew what side I'd be on. The Falcons, man, they didn't show anything for, for my money last week. And even the game against the Raiders, I thought was more about the Raiders being terrible than the Falcons being good. They are two and a half point favorites at the Los Angeles Chargers who were just annihilated. Belichick, Anthony Lynn, what was it, 45-0? It felt like a hundred to nothing. If you look at the last 25, I got this from, a, I think, somebody on Odd Shark, I want to say. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, maybe a guy named Joe Oz. Last 25 times a team has been shut out in the NFL, they're 17-6-2 against the spread in the following week. And this is what the zigzag theory is. The Chargers just showed you their worst face. They just hit the low end of their range. And I know it's a little bit of a leap of faith because we don't trust the coach. We know Anthony Lynn's probably on the way out. But I see a lot of talent on this Chargers team. I don't see what's so special about the Falcons. They should be favored on the road. Would you be fine spotting seven or eight points if this game was in Atlanta? I think the Chargers win this game outright. And it's, again, you have to throw out last week. Herbert's still who we thought he was. Keenan Allen is still who we thought he was. Austin Eckler is still who we thought he was. They're not playing Bill Belichick this week. I think the Chargers are an obvious play. I'll also mention, if you're interested in the total, which I think will go over this
0: number, it's forty-seven and a half. Everything you just said make total sense, but I switched my pick from the Chargers to Falcons when I sent in the staff picks because... Anthony, I like it even more than I'm even more on the Chargers now. Anthony Lynn is who we thought he was, man. That was True. just ugly last week. There's special teams every week. The Falcons have quietly played really well since that firing. I mean, they lost to the Saints last week. Oh, oh, I mean, that defense is just so, so good. And Julio Jones is back. I get it, though, going outdoors, facing a, a Herbert team coming off a, an F performance. And why are they favorites? Um, but Anthony Lynn, I'm just fading at all costs at this one. So, uh, but everything you said makes total sense. Well, because
1: you don't like it, I, I think I'm going to double down on that one. I'm going to put more money. Or maybe we'll have oh, maybe we'll have a fun bet. We're going to do some betting on this podcast against each other. Maybe we'll cook up something with that. I'm zigzagging with the Chargers. Okay, here's a fun game: the Saints playing as well as anybody. three three0 in the Taysom Hill era. Sounds like he'll play another start. Breeze looking at maybe a week fifteen return. They go to stumbling Eagles, who have not hit their team point total since week six. That's how awful they've been on offense. So they're going to bring in Jalen Hurts. He's got the start. I need Hurts in in the 20-team Super League, so I'm just hoping he can get through this game and not throw up all over himself, because then he gets, what, Arizona and Dallas the next two weeks. We know he's athletic. He can run. Saints on the road are a seven-point favorite in this game. It's 44-and-a-half for the total. What are you doing, Saints-Eagles?
0: Yeah, you're excited about Hurts and fantasy, especially the next two weeks when the schedule gets easier. Man, like 1,300 rushing yards, 20 rushing TDs last year in college, just speaking of video game stats. Um, I took the Eagles in the points here. I don't know. He may struggle right away. Obviously, it can't get much worse than, than Wentz. And Taysom Hill's fumbling like absolutely crazy. And to get him outdoors facing a you know physical Eagles D, um, I don't feel great about it just because the Saints defense is playing so well. Um and, and obviously Hertz is making his first start ever. Um, but I took the points that held my nose. I took the points too. I respect the Eagles defense.
1: I think if, if Philly has anything left to give, anything left to show, it will turn up this week. The key for Hertz is that we he can't be skittish. He can't be a turnover machine. He needs to protect the ball. Um I think he'll I think he's gonna run a ton. I, I think this might be you know, remember. The first time Lamar Jackson got a start and he, and he yeah. immediately ran for like 100 yards or something like that. I mean, I think whatever – I don't have the prop in front of me, but I would be aggressive in going over the the Hurts rushing prop. If it's anything like 60, 70 yards, I think he'll actually go over that. I, I And I think he's a good fantasy play. I'll talk about that a little bit more. And at least you know, I liked that he he threw the ball to to Fulgham when he got in the game. He, he, he had that really pretty touchdown pass to Ward. The Eagles have to accept some of these guys can't play. Alshon Jeffrey shouldn't be on the field anymore. I, I hope if Ertz is healthy enough to play that they, they don't use him because, because uh, Goddard's been so good. Even Richard Rogers when asked to play has been pretty good. I think the Eagles can keep this competitive. I, it's, it's not that I
0: like betting in Sean Payton, but I could only take the points here. I believe Hertz had the highest YPA and non-play action passes uh, last year. It was his final year in college and Taysom Hill, just to follow up seven fumbles his last four games. Um, Man, loose ball there. There could be some turnovers this game too. I, I I expect this game to be closer than many many expect. So the Washington
1: football team, one of my favorite plucky stories of 2020. They've taken down the, the Steelers. And you know, the Steelers never felt like an undefeated team to me. They're they're good. I love Mike Tomlin. He's never had a losing season as a coach. But I'm glad that undefeated story is out of our life because I, I just they don't feel like a 16-0 team to me. They, feel, they don't even feel like a 14-2 team to me. They just feel like another good like 11-5 team. Anyway, the WFT, they're right in the thick of it in the NFC East. They're right now tied with the Giants. They go to Arizona to take on your San Francisco 49ers, uh, who are still getting respect in the line. The Niners are three-point favorites at Arizona. It's a 43-and-a-half total. What do you do? With the Alex Smith ball, WFT San Francisco.
0: I laid the points, but I thought this spread was about right. Really disappointed in the Niners' defensive performance. Robert Sala, uh, I complained about it on the last pod. I won't go too much, but he's ah, just a disappointing performance. He can't can't force any punts whatsoever from Josh Allen. This will obviously be a much different game, more ugly and, and and more rushing attempts and more defensive minded. I'll, I will expect to bounce back from the Niners uh, with their season definitely on the line here. But Alex Smith keeps getting it done. And that's a good defensive team. So this game sh- should be very close right down to the end. A twenty-four twenty type game right there with the over under and the line seems right about right.
1: I had to take the points because I feel Makes like the sense, one yeah. unit, the one unit here of the four main units in the game is that I feel we know what we're going to get every week is the WFT defense. We'll see this though. I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I I don't think Mullins and Garoppolo, I, I don't see what the big difference is. And maybe neither one of them is just that, just not that good. But I don't feel like the, the 49ers are compromised because Nick Mullins is in there. I think he can do about as much as Garoppolo can. Maybe Garoppolo's injuries have caught up to him. Maybe it's affected his confidence. Or maybe he had a little bit of rushing ability and now it's kind of beaten out of him. But I don't know. Mullins, do you
0: think the difference in Garoppolo and Mullins has been that stark this year? Because I don't see it. The win losses have just been so dramatic when Garoppolo plays and doesn't since joining San Francisco. But um, I-, I don't know. Mullins definitely makes mistakes. I-, I felt like Garoppolo's looked a little better with, with every time Mullins has played because. Um It's funny, though, with me saying that. Then they put up the graphic. Most passing yards through the first 13 starts ever, he has the third most behind who it's Andrew Luck and Mahomes or something. So I guess he is getting it done, if not always aesthetically pleasing. But um, they have a big question to answer at quarterback during the offseason. I mean, Garoppolo has just proven to be so injury-prone. Whether performance, uh, you know, how much of a problem he is on the field, he couldn't play the four games when Brady was uh, suspended. He hurt hurt his shoulder and only played three of those four. Suffered a season-ending injury with the nine early on that season with a torn ACL, and now is effectively going to miss an entire season with a sprained ankle. Like, I've I've never heard that from the quarterback position. So Garoppolo is, like, really, really injury-prone to go along with his questions as a deep ball thrower thrower and all that. So Niners are in a really interesting position moving forward because they have a ton of players that need to get paid, which makes it so frustrating as a Niners fan because you have a small window in the NFL to win, and wasting one year through injuries and and losing your quarterback is 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 an especially big problem because that window will be closed before you know it. In just one sentence, because we're we're getting a little
1: bit tight on time. What running back are you most confident on with the Niners right now?
0: Oh, Mostert still. Yeah, I mean Wilson's number Mostert. two okay. for sure, but no Mostert. It was. I mean, he's a threat to leave any game injured, but he's also a threat to take one ninety yards to the house. Definitely, definitely go with Mostert while he's while he's active.
1: Good looking Sunday night game. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, now they have a loss, but you know they're generally a fun team to to check out. Sounds like James Conner will be back. They have those great receivers. They are on the road at Buffalo and underdogs. Buffalo looked about as good as you could in their Monday night win over your 49ers. Josh Allen, 80% completions, four touchdown passes. Bills are the two and a half point favorite over at BetMGM. The total is 45.5. What are you doing on Sunday night?
0: I took the Bills here. Um, this should be a fun game to watch. The line seems about right. Uh, I don't know. Roethlisberger, that offense is a, a problem. I don't think getting Connor back will be that big of a, of a difference. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the, the Bills here with less than three. Um, I don't know. What, what happened with Pittsburgh there, man? I did not expect them to be upset by Washington. I knew they were a vulnerable, undefeated team, but I didn't quite see that coming. Yeah, I thought WFT could hang with them. I picked them, but I didn't think they were gonna.
1: I didn't sprinkle anything on the money line or anything like that. But this is a zigzag for me. Pittsburgh's yeah, better yeah. than they just looked. Yeah. Buffalo's not as good as they looked. I'm a I'm a big Tomlin guy. It's funny. I was I was seeing. I think it's. I'm kind of taking low hanging fruit when I'm promoting Tomlin because everybody knows he's a good coach. But then I got hit with all this. Oh, they 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 play down their level of competition too much, which I think everybody accepts that is true. And somebody was complaining that Tomlin only had one championship, which which is fine. You know, they've only won one title. But, you, you know, the list of coaches right now, current coaches in the NFL who have multiple championships, it's a list of one. It's Bill Belichick. There isn't a single coach wow. other than Belichick who's won multiple. Sean Payton's only been there once. He's a great coach. Andy Reid has won Super Bowl wow. and two trips. So he's he's going to the Hall of Fame in my mind. You know, guys like Shanahan and McVay are, are younger, so you, maybe you think that, you know, eventually they'll get more trips. But collectively, they haven't won a title yet. I, I don't know. I, Tomlin, to me, when, you don't, when you've been the coach since 2007, you haven't had a losing season. And you've dealt with, you know, Roethlisberger early in his career was kind of hard to handle. Le'Vian Bell could be a space cadet. God knows Antonio Brown. There's a million stories we know about him and probably a million more we don't know about. And Tomlin basically kept that team together and cohesive. Our colleague Tank Williams played for Mike Tomlin right before he got the head coaching job. And he said he's a fantastic coach schemer. He couldn't say enough of of how he felt the advantage they had with Tom and calling the shots when I think they were together at Minnesota. If you get the Tank Williams endorsement, you get the endorsement from me. So I, I guess maybe with an eye towards that. I think McDermott's a good coach too. I just feel like we saw the worst Steelers
0: game and we saw about the best Buffalo game last week. I got to zigzag that. It's a perfect zigzag theory. And I've probably fallen for the recency effect, not just the Steelers, but just watching Josh Allen just rip apart my 49ers. I mean, that was just such a perfect game. He has nowhere to go, but down after that performance. So I I totally hear what you're saying. All right. Monday night, we don't have a line right now over a bet MGM, but
1: the early line was around to pick them. So I, I guess this is just a case of pick a winner baltimore at cleveland obviously cleveland looked terrific last week and then baltimore got their mojo back i mean they want to run the ball all of their backs look good dobbins look good edwards look good ingram in limited action was effective and it was the best lamar jackson game in a while although he still looks like a guy yeah, he still feels a little gimmicky to me I, I i know he won the mvp and everything i don't think he's anything close i don't think he'll ever have anything close to an mvp season again i'm having trouble with this game i I don't even remember off the top of my head who I picked. I think I'm going to pick Baltimore just because i I don't want to believe in nine and three Cleveland, but it's, it's a hard game for me to pick. What do you think of the Monday night game?
0: Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine feeling really strong leaning one way or the other on this game. I went with the Browns here for the reasons you suggested with with Lamar Jackson. I am skeptical of that passing attack moving forward. Um, Course, same could be said with Mayfield falling down, but I mean if they fall having to play from behind, which I worried about them last week against Tennessee, and the opposite happened. But um coaching's been so much better in Cleveland this year, night and day, so much more play action. Um and and Mayfield's numbers back it up. He's been so better since Beckham went down. Um so I I took the Browns here, but this should be an absolute fun one. A nice one in in primetime for once.
1: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the to all the primetime games, to the to the Thursday, the Sunday night. And the Monday night game. Yeah, we really and, and it also just the the Browns and the Ravens always feel like a great rivalry to me because you know Cleveland lost their franchise and it went to Baltimore. I would think, I suspect the Browns probably want to beat the Steelers more than any other team, but the Ravens have to be really close to that. So that's um that's the slate this week. We're going to do some extra DFS work. We know that some of you may have been eliminated in your in your leagues and want to give you something to do yahoo is a great place to play dfs for a lot of reasons the interface is really easy there's a bunch of different contests you can get in. play with your friends play in public play for a couple of bucks play for more than a couple of bucks and so dalton and myself and producer ragu who's been money with the dfs segment we're going to give a pick and a fade at the three major positions you're on your own at tight end although maybe I'll, i'll throw a tight end recommendation in there anyway We'll start at the running back position. Producer Ragu giving us his under $20 December lock of the year. JD McKissick, $14. Uh, We know Gibson's dinged up. McKissick caught all 10 targets on Monday. So I think McKissick in any PPR format or half PPR in Yahoo DFS looks really fun to me. I'm going to take David Montgomery off the two best games of his career Here come the Lions, and the price hasn't adjusted yet. He's only 19 bucks. I I think the only problem you have with Montgomery is he might be chalky, and, and not everybody wants to swallow the chalk when they play DFS, but
0: I can't say no to him at 19 bucks. Dalton, who's your running back DFS pick for this week? Oh, at Chris Carson, 26 bucks at home against the Jets. 13-point favorites. Um, he, he admitted that he was not 100% last week, but Carroll suggests that he's going to be moving forward and he's going to rely on him even more heavily. So I just like the setup there. He's catching balls more this year, too. So I have Carson as, a, I think, my number four or five fantasy back this week, and he's not priced as such on Yahoo DFS. Our wide receiver picks, uh, Ragu giving us another under $20
1: Save some money locked. You can play your studs when you when you save money at the other positions. He likes Robbie Anderson at nineteen dollars with more expected out. So uh, and I'm not even sure what Samuel's status is either. I think that's a really good play. If you're gonna pay up for a receiver, Keenan Allen for thirty bucks. Belichick took him out. I don't see how the Falcons are gonna do it. I think it's a big bounce back for Herbert this week. He's been peppering Allen like crazy. I think he's a great thirty dollar play. I don't have Cole Comets. Uh, price off the top of my head but i think it's got to be pretty low if you need a tight end i, I just squeeze him into the wide receiver discussion i, I think he's going to get five to seven targets and some goal line equity and that's good enough for me at tight end dalton who's the wide receiver
0: you like i like brandon Ayuk. He's caught a touchdown in four of last five games uh ex- exceeded 75 or 75 yards or more in four straight debo samuels banged up Kendall Fuller is beatable on Washington. So just $14. Brandon Ayuk with a bunch of other uh, injuries on the 49ers. He's really impressed his rookie season. So I, I like him at just 14. Let's go to the quarterbacks. Uh, P-
1: Producer Ragu likes Matthew Stafford for 25, expecting a shootout at Green Bay. We talked about how the Lions were more aggressive in the post-Patricia era. Hopefully that continues. Uh, jalen hurts at 22 bucks sounds good to me because i think he's going to run like crazy i just hope he doesn't give the store away with turnovers i also think there's a a non-zero chance if he were to play poorly he could even get yanked out of this game because the eagles are just struggling right now maybe if hurts against a good saints defense has a bad first half maybe you know Wentz will come in the game but i think hurts has a chance to run for like 100 yards i think he's going to be that active so 22 dollars, i'll have some dfs
0: exposure to him this week I like him, and I like Raghu's pick of Stafford, too. But I'll go with Mike Glennon at 25. Uh, quietly, Tennessee has been the most favorable matchup for fantasy quarterbacks if you do opponent-adjusted over the last month or so. So Glennon, no one will be on him. He's cheap, he's ugly, but Quietly been pretty good, and DJ Shark getting healthier, so I like Glennon as a cheap QB. We'll
1: go to the fades, try to get through these quickly. James Robinson for 29 $29. Is ragu's fade? He's he's worried about the game script there. I, Robinson has seldom let us down, but I mean you get to pay up for him at twenty nine bucks. I don't know where the profit is on him. Uh, this may maybe more of a seasonal fade than a DFS fade because I don't think anybody wants to play Miles Sanders in DFS. But once you get a quarterback in who wants to run and maybe doesn't want to check down, I, I think Sanders is actually somebody you might bench in seasonal this year too. Uh, eighteen bucks is reasonable in DFS, but I'm not going to pay it. And, and again, I think seasonal owners have to, or seasonal managers have to look at some
0: other options too. Nice segue because I'm fading Calvin Kamara, who's dealing with the same thing, not getting any targets since Taysom Hill's taken over. Not just losing the goal line scores, but the targets have not been there. Thirty three dollars, the same price as Aaron Jones. So to me, you've got to go Jones over Kamara. Now Drew Brees maybe come back week week fifteen, but certainly looks less unlikely uh, uh, this week. And at Philly is not a great matchup against the run either. You need your running backs to get catches or to
1: get goal line equity. And right now, Kamara's getting no catches. And even though he had a touchdown last week, we can never be sure. If I told you, oh, the Saints just scored a short touchdown, you wouldn't know if it were Kamara, if it were Murray, if it were Hill. Yeah. Or God forbid, with Sean Payton, one of the fullbacks or something, you know, or a, a handoff to, to Troutman or something like that. I mean, Sean Payton's like that. So it, it's really frustrating to have Kamara right now. The receivers were not playing. Uh, Raghu is going to fade Chase Claypool at 26 bucks. Totally get it. He says it's too pricey to have no floor right now. He was getting outsnapped or outrouted by James Washington, I want to say, in, in the Monday game. I mean, it's been hard to try to figure out the usage there. So I agree. Claypool at 26 looks too pricey. Corey Davis is this year's Devontae Parker. Great breakout season. But now he's been bumped up to $24. He's now kind of a vanity receiver. and I just don't think Tennessee, they don't want to throw the ball that much. They're a big favorite this week. I think Davis could easily go back
0: down to being a 50, 60 yardage guy. I'm No way I'm paying 24 bucks. Yeah, it could be a big Henry game. Davis is impressed, but it does seem like they switch off the big games there with A.J. Brown. Um, I'm fading DeAndre Hopkins $27. We get James Bradbury this week. We went over his route tree. He's been so limited with an injured Kyler Murray. It took 13 targets to get 52 receiving yards last week. You take away that Hail Mary uh, Hopkins hasn't reached 85 receiving yards in a game since October. I'd prefer Justin Jefferson at the same $27 price.
1: Give you the quarterback fades. We're all going to go with somebody in the $30 bracket. Ragu says, say no to Russ Wilson at 39 bucks. He's he's thinking that Carson's going to be the guy actually cooking against the jets. Brady at 33 bucks, man. I, if I'm going to pay that much for you, I need you to either run the ball, which he doesn't do, or have a chance of throwing a long touchdown, which right now it just seems like an impossibility. I'm sure I'll look at Chris Godwin scoring an ADR touchdown at 105 p.m. Eastern, but I I need a show me game from Brady. He's starting to look
0: every bit age 43 right now. I'm fading Kyler Murray at 34 in that same Giants game. Man, over the first nine games this season, he averaged 67 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns. Over the last three, just 20.3 rushing yards, zero touchdowns. That shoulder injury is preventing him from running. Whatever the reason, it's not working out for fantasy managers. And in New York does not look like a get right place for me, and especially at that price.
1: So there are DFS picks and fades. Hope you can get some use out of them. Line up with us, fade us, go against us. It's up to you. Let us know on social media what you're doing. I'm Scott underscore Pianowski, Dalton Del Don. If you want to hang out with producer Ragu, that's R-A-G-H-U-N-O-T-R-A-G-U, Ragu, not Ragu. We're all social. We're all uh, happy to help us. Uh, In fact, send start sick questions to Ragu. I'm sure he would love that um because he's been so good with the dfs this year we have a bunch of podcasts as you probably know the yahoo sports nfl podcast charles robinson therese paler our league mates in super league charles is the corrupt commissioner therese is the number one seed in that league um i'm in the playoffs in that league andy barons is in that league frank schwab bunch of us um colleagues former colleagues Really great league. So Robinson and Paylor, uh breaking down all things NFL. And They're bringing a really strong hat game too. I don't know if it matches the Hartford Whalers, but they're always wearing some good lids on that show. College sports, uh, Yahoo Sports College podcast, easy for me to say. The three-man weave of Wetzel, Thamel, and Forty, uh, now with Sports Illustrated, formerly of Yahoo. Those guys have been doing it for a long time. Great chemistry on that show and a lot to talk about in college sports with you know games getting canceled, rescheduled. What's going on with the college football playoffs? Where's the college basketball season at? So you definitely want to check those out. Uh, Dalton, give uh, our friends a nod at what you're doing the rest of the week. I have a sit-start column coming out Friday morning. All right, so check that out. I'll do the injury wrap on Saturday, which will take me about three hours probably because it's uh, <laughs> everybody gets yeah. hurt. And then I'll be back on the Q&A. Again, thanks to Dalton for doing that last week, but I'll be doing the Q&A on Sunday as part of helping out the crew for Fantasy Football Live, the 90 minutes before kickoff giving you everything you need to know for week 14 one more thanks to planters keep the nuts coming keep the cashews coming nothing like a good uh, canister of planters peanuts as you watch some pro football on sunday and again the the games are really great especially those primetime games you're going to want to have a snack and a cold beverage as you check those out that's all we got for you today liz and andy are going to be back tomorrow previewing everything week 14 until then street straight cash homie My friends, we've given you winners, but we are out.